Welcome to The Deciders with Renee Frazier. This is Renee Frazier, the founder and CEO of Frazier Communications. Frazier is the largest woman-owned and woman-led advertising and communications firm in Southern California. And I'm delighted as the founder to be on the radio show with you today, The Deciders. At Frazier Communications, we specialize in changing behavior, using psychology to grow brands and positively impact our culture. Uh, We do that with private and public sector clients. We're happy to work with many clients across the state and the country. But on the show, The Deciders, I try to feature leaders, agents of change, and people who I truly admire so we can gain insights from them. People share their stories. They reveal the decisions that they make and how every day their business runs well and the problems or pitfalls that they engage in. Today, I'm going to be talking about something very, very fun. If you saw a need in the marketplace for a new product, would you know how to test it and create a company that would win all kinds of awards? Well, our guests today have done that with a wonderful ice cream product. The guests are Hannah Hong and Molly Cha of Hakuna Brands. They're also the winners of a group I'm part of called Women Founders Network. It's a competition that's national identifying women-started companies, and money goes to them as well as resources, and I'm pleased to say that they were the winners this year. Both of them are the co-founders of a wonderful company called Hakuna Brands. Welcome to The Deciders, Hannah and Molly. Thank you. Hello. Thank you so much. We're so happy to be here. Thank you. Thank you. Delighted to have you. And I'd love to hear, have our audience here. What is Hakuna Brands? Let's talk about the product and uh, a little bit about how you started it. Yeah, absolutely. Um, So we make incredible plant-based ice cream with real ingredients, no refined sugar. And so we have two lines. One is Hakuna Banana, which is Uh, made with bananas, that's the first ingredient, and then toast oats, which is made with our proprietary oat milk. And both uh, ice cream lines are sweetened with dates, not refined sugar. And we really came up with it because Molly and I have been best friends for like 15 years since we were in undergrad in college. Um, And, you know, a lot has changed in those years, but something that hasn't is our love of ice cream. But something that has is we both became lactose intolerant. So we've always been on the lookout for a great non-dairy treat. And as our diets became more wholesome as we've gotten older and more aware of um, needing to eat right, uh, Molly discovered banana ice cream one day and showed it to me. Literally frozen banana chunks in a food processor with some like soft serve. And I (laughs) literally said to her that this is bananas. And Mm -hmm. that was the beginning. That was inspiration. Wow. So banana was the first product that you came up with, the banana ice cream. Yep. Well, let me ask, you know, um, how did you develop a workable recipe and how long did that take, Molly? Well, when we froze that first batch that Hannah was talking about, um, we quickly realized why this wasn't in market. It freezes into ice. (laughs) So we quickly uh, really became experts in ice cream. We learned all about the chemistry of it and Um, coincidentally, Hannah and I both had the same Cuisinart one batch, uh, ice cream maker at our home. So, so I brought mine over to her house and every day after work, we would be buying bananas, um, playing around with, with different ingredients, adding a little bit fat, adding a little bit of sugar, um, really understanding the formulas that possibly could make it into a recipe that would work. 
Um, so we had tons of little Tupperware containers in Hannah's freezer of uh, <laughs> unidentifiable <laughs> frozen products. Um, and then finally, one day, we, we came upon a formula that was the right ratio of everything, and, and it scooped right out of the freezer. And um, I think at that point on, we really knew that we had something really special. Um, but it really took us experimenting, and, and we did work previously in, in food. So, um, you know, we're not experts, but we worked with a lot of food scientists, so understood kind of the basic process of how you iterate and and really develop a food product. Um, mm-hmm. not, not they were mm-hmm. experts, but I say we are experts on our product now. Well, you know, one of the things that is valuable in what you're talking about is knowing the right time to start your business. Many, many people have side gigs now, right? That's very popular. And so you folks were working full-time in the evenings you were doing this. How did you know it was the time to quit those jobs and start your business? Um, you know, as soon as we got to that that pint that Molly was talking about where you could just scoop it out of the container, I literally quit my job within two weeks of getting wow. that pint uh, ready because I we just understood the consumer insight so strongly. I mean, we are the consumer, but um, sometimes you just have to go with your gut. And I think between the two of us, I'm the one that's maybe a little bit more gut-driven and impulsive. So I quit <laughs> right away. Um, it took Molly a little bit longer. She needed us to write a business plan for her. <laughs> Well, what about what about that? You know, when you're partners too, there has to be a agreement about expectations. Did you have a hard conversation? I mean, you go, both were good friends, so you had that uh, that going for you. But what kind of conversation about values did you have to talk about? What, tell us about that. Yeah, that's a, actually a really good point. We've known each other for so long. We live very close to each other and spend every time day to, with each other. So I think we were. Um, pretty excited to start on this together but you know from both of our experiences being friends who started businesses family um you know there's that old adage don't you shouldn't mix business with your friends um or family right so we were we were definitely cognizant of that so we actually spent a weekend kind of interviewing each other and just making sure that our values, not just about our business, but our lives really aligned because we knew that if there were some things that we uh, fundamentally differed on, it it wasn't the right partnership. Um, And so we really spent that weekend kind of talking through what our visions were for the business, how we would tackle problems, um, not specific just to this business, but philosophically about kind of greater our, our hopes and dreams and, mm-hmm. and more tactical things about how we problem solve and what kind of um, styles of work we do and, and all of that. And I think that having that conversation up front has been so invaluable because uh, it, it's just the foundation of how we work together, even though we were colleagues previously and also obviously are very good friends. Um, right. but I, I would give that advice to anyone who's looking to start a partnership with someone. Really important. I, I had two partners in my business and both of them didn't work out and we never had those detailed depth conversations. So my bad and you're good. Thank you for suggesting that. What what are uh, pitfalls you can tell others about as an entrepreneur, things they should watch out for? I think um, something that a lot of entrepreneurs fall into is that you get caught up in the day-to-day so easily. Um, There are just daily fires that need to be put out. And that's true no matter what. 
But when you're the steward of your company and you're the leader, you also have to keep an eye out for the big picture and your big um, strategic initiatives. And I think a lot of the times people miss the forest for the trees. And there are definitely times when I've been in that boat. But uh, since, you know, growing a tiny bit and trying to uh, correct for that, what we do is every quarter we have a big all hands and all hands for us is literally four people, but (laughs) all hands where the four of us all sit down and talk about like the overall big picture, our progress and how we're tracking to our bigger goals, because otherwise you just um, can get overwhelmed. Right. You're right. Absolutely. I think that's important. And, it, you know, this age of transparency, even with four employees, it's really important to share. It's also important who those first two employees were. Any thoughts about how to choose those first employees, get the other two beyond yourselves? Uh, we we have been incredibly lucky with the team we've built so far. Um they're actually, one is a colleague that we have deep experience with in the past, and she has an amazing, robust background in CPG and marketing. I mean, honestly, she is the dream partner. So that's a consumer package goods for folks that are listening, yeah. CPG, right? Yeah, CPG, consumer packaged goods. So she has a background specifically in food, so very obviously helpful background. Um, our other team member, she really leads product development, um, and her background is she's a trained chef, so oh, obviously wow. a great culinary background, an amazing palate, um, and has taken extensive ice cream courses and really (laughs) um, a lot of product development. Um, But moreover, they are personal friends of ours. And so, you know, it's really the the dream of working with your best friends. Um, But an advice I would give also is, especially with those first employees, it's tempting obviously to work with your friends because it's fun and you're building this thing together and you you're in the startup. Um, so that personality obviously is really important, but making sure that those people are people that have the right backgrounds and can grow into these big roles as leaders of the company in the future. Um, that's really something to keep in mind. So we, we feel incredibly lucky to have the team that we have. I like I like that. I think, you know, it's clear you, you you brought in people with real expertise, not just doers, but people, the chef, obviously, with a great palate and uh, the CPG background in terms of marketing. They brought expertise that you knew would be respected as you as you build the company. It's so funny. I didn't even know there were courses on ice cream making. Where do you take a class on ice cream making? My goodness. Oh, cool. yeah, there's um, a couple really well-known ones in the United States. If you Google, like, technical short course on ice cream, they'll come up. Um, oh, but wow. Very intense mm. and very science-driven. Oh, I love that idea. Well, tell me what's the best part of being an entrepreneur. What do you both enjoy the most about it? Um, I think for me, it's knowing that every little bit of effort we put into our company is for ourselves and our team. It's very motivating and energizing to be able to do that. And you know, even if we weren't working for ourselves, Molly and I are both the type of people to take ownership and pride in our work, and we do a good job, but yeah. there is something a little bit extra motivating about be, being your own boss. Um, also, we get to hang out with each other all the time, um, even though Molly's in self-quarantine. Like, we're actually looking at each other right now through Google Video. <laughs> so, um, normally, we're sitting together, so that's always fun. You know, one of the things I have to say, being an entrepreneur myself, is 
I think some of the some of the joy is charting your own course. When I started my own company, my dad, who'd been in the advertising business, and I kind of poo pooed being in advertising, said to me, "Well, Renee, now's your chance." Because I told him I wanted to change the world, and. Uh, you know, most people don't think of advertising and changing the world. But when I started my own company, I tried to tr- stay true to purpose. And uh, we're now doing the social media around coronavirus, trying to help people. We're doing talk, read, sing across the state, working with the Surgeon General to help parents with their children in these difficult times. So, uh, like you said, it's uh, it's knowing that your effort is uh, for the group, but also making a difference in the world. It feels pretty good. And uh, there's a lot of work behind it. It's not always easy. So it's nice to have that positive benefit of it, right, and feel, uh, feel energized and, and motivated by what you do. Definitely. Now, how do you both manage a happy personal life in this context, and especially when you're good friends? If, any tension between the two of you? How does that work? Honestly, I think we can remember in the 15 years of friendship, one fight we've had. <laughs> it was a very long time ago. And it was, it was very, very stupid. silly. <laughs> so, um, you know, we're blessed that we are very good friends. But, and, you know, because we work together, we are together so much um, work and and personal life kind of bleed together. But when we had that, you know, weekend conversation before we launched the business, um, one thing that was really important to both of us is that our friendship was the most important relationship we had um, more, more, more than the business. And that the minute that, you know, any decision or something would um, impact our friendship, Mm -hmm. uh, the business wouldn't matter to us. So, oh my goodness! Wow, that's a, you know, that's I a wonderful kind of pact to have between the two of you. That's quite yeah, a statement. Yeah, and it's you know it's a little bit um, kind of like a dream situation, but uh, I think every day we we're so lucky to just be able to spend all our time together in work and in our personal lives. Um, luckily, our husbands also like each other. <laughs> I was going to say, how do they feel about this? Do they ever feel shoved out or like you're so close that they don't have that same relationship? How do they feel? Well, we were both each other's. Um, Hannah was my matron of honor. I was her maid of honor. Um, and when we both got married, it was pretty clear to our husbands that they would have to be friends with each other. As well. <laughs> but luckily they do like each other. Um, and so, you know, also with our other um team members, their husbands were all just a big friend group. Um, Mm -hmm. And also, we've definitely roped our husbands into parts of the business, too. So it's all all hands on deck when you're you're starting a company. (laughs) I I agree. I agree. And I think, you know, as being an entrepreneur, you know, sometimes people say, oh, I'm in charge and I won't have to work the nine to five. You're right, but sometimes it's nine to midnight, or you you take a break in the evening for dinner, and then you go back at it. It's uh, it takes a lot out of you. Uh, I, I'd like to ask about the partnership, if I could. I just mentioned I had two of them, and it didn't work out. Is partnership a good idea? And, and tell us uh, why, and maybe any of the downsides related to partnership. I mean, I I know it can definitely cut both ways. We we have friends who've told us horror stories about their partnerships. Um, But for us, it worked out really well. And I know we're very lucky and fortunate in that. Um, And a lot of our friends who are solo founders, when they see our dynamic, they often express that they wish that they had a co-founder like us 
um, mm. like what we have. But if, if this is 15 years in the making, so it's a little bit hard to just get that immediately. Um, I think it's important and it's good when you have, sh- you know, shared values and long shared history. Um, but we also have a very complementary skill set. Uh, skill set. Like earlier, I was saying how. You know, I'm more gut-driven. Molly's more um, analytically driven. Um, I'm also better at PowerPoint. She's better at Excel. Those are some, like, <laughs> very small examples. Yeah. But um, it's important to find a co-founder that makes you better. Yeah. Um, so if you find the right partner, I think it's incredibly valued because sharing the burden of being the ultimate decision maker is it's invaluable. You know, it's a really good cogent piece of advice. Find a co-founder that makes you better. Sometimes people want just a co-founder to rely on because they're similar and they can just do the same work. But making you better is a, it's a kind of a different formula. Thank you for that. Um, what about tough decisions? What, are, what was the hardest decision you've had to make and any tough ones you've had in this, in this journey you've had together? Uh, I have one to share that's about the business, but it's um, – partly personal, um, and it, it also speaks to why I think for us a partnership has been so valuable in the business. Um, I had some personal stuff that was coming um, in my life about a year ago, year and a half ago, um, and I had to make a really hard decision to step away from the business for a couple months. Mm. Um, and obviously that was an extremely hard decision personally, but Um, you know, in the end, it was the right thing for myself and my family. And what was amazing was that I, when I made that decision and and spoke to Hannah and the team about it, they, I had no fears that, you know, that there was going to be any gaps. And I knew that Hannah um, could step up to the occasion and and really take the lead on the business. And and that's the beauty of having the partnership that you can really trust. Mm -hmm. Um, And so that that for me has been the person the hardest personal decision, but out of that has really um, strengthened our uh, partnership and and I think will lead, continue to lead us in the right direction in the future. You know, I think it's important to have that. Uh, Inevitably, life takes on, takes many courses and as you're in this journey together, it's good to know that uh, you can rely on each other. There's no resentment, there's no anger. It's just that we're going to do whatever it takes to make each other better and uh, I commend you for for making that work. I think that's wonderful. Um, you know, when we talk about partnership, uh, finding a partner that you can trust implicitly is not easy. Um, I, I think what I'm hearing you say is having a shared history really makes a difference, right? It really does. And, I, you know, that's we're in a really unique position, um, and but I feel very grateful for it. Um, but as you're speaking that, it, you know, advice for people who are seeking the partner is it might be a short history, but really finding the right person that fits your life is important um, mm-hmm. because it's, you know, starting a company is not just financially a big, big um, leap. It's emotionally a huge leap. And so finding someone that you can be vulnerable with and, and really share all of that with is really important. Well, you know, that's one thing I'd like to ask you about. It is hard. I think uh, people often ask to me, uh, you know, how I got started. (laughs) Again, this is a little bit of a a chauvinistic, sexist thing. Particularly men say, you mean your husband wasn't involved? You did it all on your own, they say with disbelief. And I say, yes, I started it on my own. I ran a big ad agency for one of the multinationals. I run their Pacific Rim. And then I, 
I got a year of salary, and I thought, well, I'm going to see if I can do this on my own. And uh, sure enough, knock on wood, it's worked out. But it's hard. It's hard work. You've got to make phone calls. You've got to be willing to put yourself out there in ways you never have done before. They, you, you know, go through periods where is this going to happen? And did we make a mistake? You share any of those tough times with us? I mean, there are some funny ones and then some not so funny ones. Sure. Um, a funny one is uh, in those early days, we actually self-manufactured. Now we have a uh, like an outsourced factory that makes it for us, um, and we partner with them to make sure you know about our quality standards and recipes. But in the very early days, Molly and I personally made every single pint. And, oh my gosh! Um, oh boy! Yes, that meant some <laughs> um, late nights. So, I bet. <laughs> I mean, in the very in the earliest days, it was just kind of fun because we just like listened to music and or podcasts while we were making ice cream. But then there came a point when we hit this growth curve. Um, and we were still making it ourselves and we hired a staff to help us. But sometimes in the, it would just be me and Molly in the middle of the night oh. in front of our like negative 10 degree freezer in our ski clothes. Cause those are the warmest things we own <laughs> wrapping cases and pallets to be delivered. And we like shipped immediately after we produced and we'd have to run double shifts. And we like to joke that our bodies never looked better because we were laboring <laughs> So much, but the faces <laughs> looked very tired. Because we weren't very much at all. <laughs> My gosh! In the middle of the night, I can only imagine. And then, and then, probably it was hard to decide. So you were making it originally in a in a commercial kitchen, right? And then you had to move to outsourcing to a co-packer where you're managing the quality. That's a tough one. That's often a decision people have to make where they add a person or they they go out of their home and they take on rent and insurance and other obligations. Tell us about that decision-making and how tough it is to make those large changes. I think um, we learned a lot self-manufacturing in those early days of us making the ice. I think that's the beauty of our product um, is from a lot of that early work that Hannah and I did. I think when we made the decision to move to a, a manufacturer, finding the right partners was key. We went through a lot of vetting. Our, our ice cream is really unique, and it takes someone really understanding our vision and, and really understanding that we don't want to compromise on the, the product um, to really partner with us. So that was really a intense journey for us. Um, we're so incredibly happy with our partners, but it did take vetting and, and really working through all of that. So while it did take longer than I think we hoped it would take once we made that decision, um, in the end, I think we learned so much through the process. And I think as we continue to grow, um, it'll only get easier. So that's good. Um, it was a really hard process. <laughs> Is there anything, um, you know, looking back over the, how long have you had the company? Has it been two years? Um, almost. Oh, it'll be four years this four years. Halloween. Halloween, wonderful. Is there anything you do over or change if you could? I think. I mean, I wish we got to co-packing faster um, because that year when we were looking for the right partner and doing it ourselves was physically and mentally one of the most challenging years I've had in my life. Um, mm-hmm. I can the white hairs from it on my head, but. Um, <laughs> but at the same time, I, you know, because we took the time and care and really struggled to do it, we found the right partners to 
uh, maintain our vision and make the ice cream the way we want it. So I don't know if I could have done it any faster. I get that. You know, I think, you know, you you wrestle with things as you go through it, and you you do the best you can in those times, and you certainly found the right partnership. And uh, I admire the quality of, of the product. Let's talk about uh, the, the target audience and the pricing. So who who is the real core audience for plant-based ice cream with these wonderful uh, ingredients? Well, we like to use some uh, funny jargon when we talk about our core customer, and we, we call her a flexitarian millennial. <laughs> um, and that's just a fancy way to say that, um, you know, we're not targeting hardcore vegans, although obviously this is an amazing product for vegans and we have a great uh, consumer base that, that is vegetarian or vegan. But it's really someone um, like, you know, that is looking for a meatless Monday or how to in- want to incorporate more plant-based foods into their um, daily life for themselves and their family. Um that's really our sweet spot of someone who really cares about the ingredients and, and going more back to whole foods and real ingredients in, in what they're buying. Um, so that I'd say is our, you know, who we always speak to. But what's interesting is that I think there's a lot of overlap with just general population of the curiosity right. of getting back to real food. Exactly. And also um, yeah. a great consumer base that really has, has taken to our product is really hardcore fitness people. Um, We have just organic discovery from, from runners and and bodybuilders and people that, you know, we don't necessarily speak to, but they love our product because, you know, it's bananas and it's all these things that um, to fuel their body. So uh, we we have these people posting that are like bodybuilders and stuff. And we we love seeing, seeing all these, um, other types of people discover a product. It's great. Well, listen, this has been a wonderful interview. I've learned a lot. Thank you, Hannah Hong and Molly Cha, uh, the winners of the Women Founders Network competition and the founders of Hakuna Brands. I want to thank everyone for listening to uh, The Deciders with Renee Frazier. Remind people that Frazier Communications, the company I founded, is a full-service advertising communications firm, digital and social media. If you're interested in talking with us about how we might help build your business with digital, social, or traditional media, contact us at FraserCommunications.com to learn more and have a wonderful week ahead.